this is our second time uh, meeting for the Self Connection podcast, and I thought mm-hmm. just by way of uh, introduction, we could talk about the name Self Connection and what that means to both of us, and mm-hmm. and uh, how many of the themes that and the work related to Virginia Satir uh, is related to that. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe I can start because that was a word and sure. a phrase that really stood out to me. Right. Um, this notion of self, because in Virginia's work, she talked a lot about self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s and 80s, that was kind of a buzzword in terms of right. the importance of elevating uh, self-esteem amongst children mm-hmm. to sort of better various kinds of behavioral and academic outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my watching of her work, and I wonder how you see this, I think the word self-esteem and self-worth in the way that it's used typically in psychological literature is actually not what she meant. Because mm-hmm. um, self-esteem, and if you look at scales and questionnaires of self-esteem, they often, they're often about perception of self, how yes. I see myself or how yes. I see others seeing me or how yes. I feel about myself or right. about competence. Right. Uh, but she seemed to emphasize a kind of uh, connection to a core self Mm-hmm. That and, and, and the way she would describe it is the seed model, that there was yeah. some, some kind of essence of the person that was uh, so critical and essential to how she worked mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, as I watched her and she would do sculpts, I, I would think, no, it's not just self-esteem. Self-esteem is almost too superficial mm-hmm. to, uh, to be the word that references the way she worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, could you speak to your experience of having worked with her and having been taught by her, mm-hmm. what do you think she meant by the self? Uh, you know, most of what Virginia uh, taught, she didn't use, she didn't uh, articulate that much. Uh, and truthfully, I don't know if I ever heard her even say self-esteem or self-worth. I mean, in the read, in the writings, you'll see that. Yeah. Um, but I, th- part of it, I think, is because it's exactly what you're talking about is that she was really talking about reclaiming your uh, essence, Mm -hmm. your spirit, or some would call it the self with a higher S, Mm -hmm. and that that energy space by itself feels worthy. Right. And that the the challenge is to get those things out of the way that come to all of us that somehow block us from fully re-experiencing what we were born with. Mm, mm-hmm. and she she would talk about our wholeness or being holy, and yet that we had, all of us had holes in our skin to kind of represent that we get blocks in those, and we're taught unconsciously not to see what we're seeing or not to feel what we're feeling or not to talk about it. And all of those, at greater and lesser extent, of blocks then begin to disconnect us from that place inside that automatically feels worthy Mm. and lovable and valuable. So I think you're right on with what you're saying. Yeah. And I think just from seeing, having never, never met her, I was seven years old when she died, never, never meeting her, but just seeing the way she interacted with people and families, I could see that she was speaking to that essential self or that core self, that capital S self. Yes. And I think, and, and I've, um, really been inspired by that as mm-hmm. a mode of being, as a way mm-hmm. of connecting with uh, mm-hmm. with myself or with mm-hmm. uh, in personal relationships, and then also that being a very central part to what's healing in 
the therapy context. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if uh, if you and I can do a meditation, which which I'll lead, mm-hmm. uh, which speaks and maybe facilitates an experience of of self connection, mm-hmm. um, and we'll go from there. I'd love it. Thank so you. why don't we both take a moment to close our eyes mm-hmm. and feel our feet on the ground. And just starting with a few calming and centering breaths. Just feel the ease and the flow of breath. And that there is nothing you have to do to earn the breath and the connection to the life that we're in touch with right now. I'm just really trying to soften your body and softening perhaps the muscles of your face. Letting go for a time any particular to-dos or roles that you may have. Letting go of any particular expectations or shoulds that might be tugging at you. And just continue to feel the breath. As you continue to breathe, trying to connect to the life, the core self that's at the heart of you, wherever you might feel that that self lives. For some people, it's in their hearts. For some people, it's it's in the belly button. And sometimes it can move around. Using your breath to try to connect to that space inside of you. The space of vitality. The space of courage. space of love. As you feel a grounding in this space of self, see if you can observe your experience from this vantage point. I am a self, I am me, and I have certain experiences and certain feelings. 
I'm not. Or relief you can feel just being connected to yourself right now. In a moment, we'll begin to close this meditation. And just let yourself connect to connect to this place which you can visit anytime you wish. And just gently coming. Experiencing. Uh, having to look at myself through the experiences that she offered, that was life-changing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had a master's degree in social work um, and had you know, been practicing as a social worker, uh, as a clinical social worker. But in all of that training, I had never really had to in-depth look at myself mm -hmm. and her belief was that 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 was absolutely the cr critical part was that you know you could have all this conceptual knowledge but if you had not done your own internal work of course it's never done but if you hadn't done the core stuff to create harmony with your own parts and have a sense of yourself uh, and have self-leadership, or what she would call being in charge of yourself, mm -hmm. that that you really um, could not be the um, the healing instrument that you wanted to be with people, and that yeah. that that to me was life changing, and it's an ongoing process, and out of that has come incredible creativity and ongoing energy. To me, you know, I'm 76 years old and I'm still mm. as excited about this as I was when I was in my 40s. So a level of enrichment and excitement that is unending, you know, mm. and I just com continue to um, not only grow but appreciate the incredible mm. awareness and insight into intuition she had that... Um, uh, not to say she didn't have all her own faults, but there's something about the richness of her understanding that just continues to add to me. Yeah. You know, I want to take a moment to grab Barbara Joe Brothers' book because I was reading mm -hmm. something, and she, and she had asked Virginia herself this question, and, and I want to read a little excerpt. Okay. That's okay. People often comment on my sense of humor, so it doesn't have to be so tragic. My uh -huh. hunch is that these are the three most important things. So she mentions hope, uh, being a whole full person, and making it light. And my hunch is that these are the three most important things. The ideas and the ways that I choreograph stuff excite people and they see new possibilities. That's based, of course, on the idea that as long as something remains in an abstract form, it doesn't have any life. When I make body pictures, and I think she's referencing the sculpting uh, mm -hmm. as one tool, and things of that sort, then it comes to life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, she mentions three words uh, hope and life in some way. Mm, I and, love that, Tim. You know, yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, when I was working in a residential program in Ontario, the kids would present with all kinds of uh, dangerous and violent behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, and when the interventions were behaviorally focused, 
then that seemed to escalate the behavior. Uh-huh. And so, you know, what? how do we connect below the surface of that? And uh, I think Virginia was a very important guide for me in that. Uh, and we talked a bit about that last time in terms of what systemic means. It's seeing the larger whole beyond the yes. surface level behavior and yes. having an appreciation for that. And I think what you were mentioning in terms of feeling it within yourself, the, the importance of feeling the essence or the wholeness of yourself in order to uh, connect to that wholeness or the self of another, it seems to be the sequence. It's like if you're not in touch with yourself uh-huh. as a whole, as a worthy, valuable being, just by the fact of you being alive, it's going to be very hard to facilitate that in in a healing kind of connection. So, right. Yeah. You know, I think the hard part of all this <clears throat> is that it's not cognitive, so it can really be hard if you if your inner critic is strong and you say now i should be worthy you know i should feel lovable Mm. i should feel valuable um and i think that this is why the experiential part is so powerful because you're not dealing with okay i'm now going to think this through and and you don't it's like, okay, one day I got it. No, you just begin to feel more valuable and worthy. Um, uh, I, I've been told that when Bill W. started a 12-step program for AA, that what he'd figured out was that people were into thinking, okay, if I can just get enough willpower, mm. I will... You know, I promised myself tomorrow I will not drink anymore, and it didn't work. And he realized that it had to go to the spiritual level of releasing that. And I would say that's releasing um, a should part, a manager part, you know, and coming to that other place. Mm -hmm. Because if we're into that, I should be worthy or I should be valuable, we're stuck in the same pain, the same shame of I can't get it. Right, right. I'm not doing yeah. this right. Yeah, and I think one of the things we've we probably talked about early on when we first met was um, I I had a realization that you know a lot of the work like self compassion and the the word love as a verb is like I need to learn to love myself. I need yeah. to be self compassionate with myself, and that can go off into a lot of shoulds as you're describing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the the thing that ha- has helped me is is differentiating between okay if if i'm alive you and you and i are alive right now i'm making that that assumption you know not that Mm -hmm. we're in some kind of artificial reality but we're alive then there's some kind of human nature some kind of life in me that that is ineffable it's difficult to 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 really make concrete and it's not as you're describing just in the thinking of it but there's something worthwhile in me because of the fact that I'm alive yes. then how how do I connect to that well it's not so much adding something it's not adding a thought adding behavior adding mm-hmm. the act of exercising and eating right and all the things that some people think of as self-loving or self-caring mm-hmm. it's subtracting it I think it's letting go of that kind of relationship to yourself where there's a dominance or submissive part that says like you said, you have to do this in order to be worthy. Mm-hmm. And for me, the the thing that depicts that really well is the image of a tree. 
you you have your worthiness at the level of your roots and you live throughout and you express that through your actions and through your behavior um, but you know we all start off as a seed and we grow from there and you know since becoming a parent one of the things that i like to 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 say to people that do have children is you know when your child came into the world and you held that child in your arms i'm sure you didn't say to the, that kid i'll really love you i'll really love you when you get that phd or when you make that six figure salary then i'm really going to give it to you but right now you know you haven't fulfilled all your shoulds no you feel you feel some kind of deep um Oh, <laughs> that, oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> connection to that that living, brilliant being, and yes, uh, yes. so so I think that's for me that's a mm. a picture of um, what is the self that we're talking about, mm -hmm. and how is that separate from all the the types of behavior and things mm -hmm. that you know do need to grow and do need to change. But what's what's the sequence of it? And I think it's starting with the seed or starting with the self. There's many, many words you could use to describe it or point to it, but it is something deep, deep inside that that's, you know, when I, when I work with people that are leaving abusive relationships, it's like, what, what was the place in you that, that enabled you to have the wisdom and the strength to do that? Like it's, it's, it's hard to put that in a box, but it's there. It's inside of people. Yes. And they make this decision. It's like, I was going to die if I stayed, so I left. It's like, well, that's that's evidence of your worthiness. Yes. And yes. That's there. I love. I, you're helping me even appreciate more both the concept of what Virginia called life force and the seed model, because you know she said the seed has all the life-giving parts in it. You didn't. You didn't create the seed for the flower and you didn't create the seed for you or for anyone else that was already there that's the mystery of life mm -hmm. and and when you use the word awe one of my colleagues said that when she watched Virginia that's what she experienced that when Virginia was working with somebody she was in awe of that mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. and there one of the quotes of Virginia that I often think about is that she would say, my intention is to go connect with my pure spirit, leaving off all my bad behavior and looking through the dark cylinder mm -hmm. of somebody else's bad behavior and knowing on the other end of that, there is a yeah. pure spirit. And that when you experience that and I get goosebumps just talking about it. Mm. I believe I really believe the other person experiences that. Yeah. And that yeah. and that connection, then they they begin to feel. They just feel it, you know? Yeah. But I I am worthy of being connected to you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and treasured by you and therefore eventually I can treasure myself right. and that 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 progress and that's maybe very very slow depending on the amount of abuse because I've worked right. with people who've been horrifically abused over many years and what I've experienced that it can come down to them believing that they blinked the wrong way when they were two sure. days old right 
you know, and that that caused them to believe somehow I am not worthy. It's something mm-hmm. about me. So we're not talking about instant. It just depends right. on how much abuse there is that's blocking. It's in the cylinder. Right. But it's there. Right. right. And I right. absolutely believe it's there. And and you and I have talked about how we play with this metaphor of the iceberg, and that's a very prominent uh, image in the satire in the satire model and, and in the way uh, people talk about it. And that dark cylinder could be likened to being sort of frozen up in the core of the yes. iceberg. Yes. And um, I think about, you know, the way you're describing and the way I uh, witnessed uh, Virginia working with people. It's, you know, when you see someone so deeply connected to their spirit or their self, mm-hmm. and they seem so engaged and they're in this state of flow, it, it reminds you that you have that life flowing in you too. And I think that's what's affirming. And um, there is a there is a, a man named Fred Rogers. I don't know if you know who that is, but of he had course, a pretty, course, pretty famous television show. And, um, and you know, he uh, he often quoted this line. It's, you know, what is invis- what is essential is invisible to the eye. And he would often emphasize, you know, we're we're much more than our a particular form of behavior and what we possess and uh, we're, we're much more than what we feel at a moment in time uh, and that core self which i think is the energy of consciousness which is such a mystery you know what mm-hmm. what is consciousness mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's that's it, it's some part it's the ability to become aware to become aware of yourself mm-hmm. and then from that power of awareness to then be able to shape and start creating your experience by making choices, how how do I want to behave? And yes. uh, Satir's emphasis on you know a phrase like becoming your own decision maker yeah. or becoming your own choice maker mm-hmm. uh, has always been an empowering kind of guide for me yeah. and an important mm-hmm. thing to encourage in the people mm-hmm. that I work with mm-hmm. uh, to to get to that place where you sometimes there's very little choices that we have, but you know. Uh, the, the decision about our attitudes, uh, the decision about our, our how wide we're going to look um, and our use of our perception mm-hmm. and, and all the different varieties of, of consciousness, expectations, mm-hmm. rules, roles, we're much more malleable than sometimes we, we, th- we actually experience. Yes, and I think when you touch that life or that essence, that all of a sudden there's so much more um, perspective and you're you're so much more open to choices that you know mm-hmm. that when we're in the in the cylinder as you say or we're in that frozen iceberg place we mm-hmm. can't really see much right and yeah. I remember very clearly the the day before I left the, the 30 days of training with Virginia mm-hmm. which was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life I'm sitting at this table at this restaurant in Crested Butte. Crested Butte is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's in the Rocky Mountains. And I look up and I see the mountain, you know, the tips. I see the flowers and my body is moving. And I realize that for the all the almost the training I had been rigid and terrified and not seeing anything other than surviving. Yeah. And now, wow. Right. 
I could flow, right? right? And that's what you're talking about. That flowing then opens up all kinds of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you use the word flow, I think of another um, important word that Virginia used, which is congruence. And you've helped me understand that congruence is the free flow of energy between within yourself and between self and other people mm -hmm. and, and also with the environment. Um, and it's in that picture that you have of being surrounded by mountains and being able to take it all in is you being open in the space, the relational mm -hmm. space between you and in this case, the environment. But then I imagine also what you brought back to your family and to right. the people you work with, which is a right. more free flowing yes. openness to to that energy. And I, and I think that speaks to the hope that uh, Virginia mentioned in that little excerpt yes. that I read. Yes. The feeling of hope is our connection to positive emotions, uh, mm -hmm. the sense that I can shape things and that I can face difficulties and that I can communicate honestly or, and manifest uh, something of what I'm feeling, albeit maybe messy in the beginning, mm -hmm. to say something of what's going on in me. Mm -hmm. And then and then we'll see how it works out. We'll see yes. how we can learn from each other. Um, but having that safety and having uh, some of the expectations or the rules of how we mm -hmm. meet um, frees up that space so that we can really connect. And I attribute so much of that uh, in large part to what I've learned from Virginia and then also from connecting with people like you who have uh, been in, in really integral in keeping up her work and her presence uh, in the mm -hmm. world. You know, So thank you for that. You're welcome. It's truly my privilege. <laughs> As you talk, I was thinking about <clears throat> talking about openness and rigidity and choice and putting them all together and thinking that every day it's a choice in my marriage. Am I going to be rigid and right or wrong, or am I going to be open? Mm. And it's it's always there, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the last five years, I five six years ago maybe now I fell on some ice. And, darn ice um, and I hurt my back and uh, at the time I went through this long journey of learning that my back injury wasn't just about uh, falling on the ice but it had a lot to do with being sedentary and sitting for 10-11 hours a day as a therapist and so I wrote this book move or die and it was addressing how to move more throughout the day mm -hmm. and it and I'm thinking of that in connection to what you just said about the what the choices that we make that whether it's physically moving or uh -huh. psychologically moving or spiritually uh -huh. moving, whatever domain. And yes. Satir played on all levels of experience and, yes. and she would she would encourage people to access the resources uh -huh. at those various levels of, uh, of analysis and uh -huh. say there's way more choice and way more to see yes. than what what you know, your neck is in your eyes are like this, but you have the ability to move Yes. And to flow and to, to explore, right. Um, right. that's what our, our, at least physically, at least that's, that's concrete. And also, uh, mm -hmm. I think an, an analogy for how much freedom we actually possess. But, you know, if I'm using myself only mm -hmm. in a very linear, in a very two-dimensional way, then my experience then of the world is going to be very limited. So, again, I think that her work inspired me to think about that in that way. And, you know... 
in in the future, I know we'll have a chance to talk more about this metaphor of the iceberg and mm-hmm. and how maybe a picture of health is melting that iceberg so mm-hmm. it's fluid like water. So, one of the things she used to do to demonstrate what you're talking about with the movement, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she used to take somebody's hand and she'd say, "Okay, let's stand here." She like she'd take their left hand, her right hand, you know, and she'd say, mm-hmm. "Okay, now just imagine you're really grounded and this is your home." Okay, but now I'm going to invite you to just move to the right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Okay, that's all right. Okay, now come back home. Okay, now we're going to take a step forward. Now we're going to come back home. Now we're going to take a step backward. Now we're going to come back home. Mm. Now we're going to take a step to the left. And now we're going to come back home. Mm. And just having your body experience both, that you've got an anchor and a home, Mm. you can also take the risk to go any direction. Very powerful. Wow. Yeah. And that that she would support that by being that presence. And, and I think that's, you know, part, part of what made her so ahead of her time is what she was demonstrating there was what everything that's been explored in attachment theory. Mm. This, there's a secure yes. base. There's a yeah. secure base from which you develop with, between the yeah. child and the parent. Right. And then from that place, as you're calling it home, the secure base, you explore. Mm-hmm. And yes. in that holding environment between the parent and the child, yes. you develop a relationship to the unknown. So yes. I'm going to venture off here. I'm going to venture mm-hmm. off there. And when mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed, I'm going to come home. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes a, an, hopefully an internalized model of how I can relate to the unknown in yes. my, as I'm, as I'm getting older, as mm-hmm. I'm going off to school, as I'm making new friends. Uh, the thing that, that I'd like to add is, you know, as we're talking about this uh, phrase self-connection, mm-hmm. that as much as the, what, what I've been learning is that as much as the parent-child relationship is a model that teaches us how to have a relationship to the unknown and with our home, that the child is as much watching that relationship in the parent in their relationship to themselves. Mm-hmm. So how are you relating? How are you loving or connected to yourself? Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I'm working with parents and the parent's very self-critical, that is another relationship, not just the one between the parent and the child yes. to be mindful of and to, to grow and to nurture Mm -hmm. I love the way you're able to articulate so fully what I'm expressing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's why we're a good team. Yeah, we're a good team. uh, We expand on each other. And I definitely feel like um, that's that's the the essence of growth that Virginia was, um, was always trying to encourage in others. And so, you know, she touched your life directly mm-hmm. and she's touched mine indirectly mm-hmm. um, in a sense of uh, I've only been able to connect to her work through books and through mm-hmm. video mm-hmm. and then through trainers that have trained me mm-hmm. uh, that have maybe been trained by her too so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's it I, I feel really fortunate and grateful to have the opportunity to to create this uh, with you because you know we're obviously of two different generations of um, related to therapy and related to Virginia's work. So mm. it's fun. It's yeah. Really fun. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Sharon, that seems like maybe a good place to yes. to stop for today. Any final words that you'd like to share or anything mm. about how you're feeling? Or Thank you. It's just, uh, as I say, it's really fun. It's, it's so um, enriching to me to have you uh, just expand uh, using all the integration of your knowledge to add to what you know, mine. So I appreciate yeah. it. It's such a reciprocal process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, the the comment that I hear from other people that have been inspired by Virginia's work is that in her work, uh, so much of what is innovative now in different models was already in the way that she was working 20, 30, 40 years ago. So yes. it's, it's quite something. Um, it is. It is. And, and something to unpack and to to try to to make sense of because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's mm-hmm. quite a feat. And so yes, it is. Going to mm-hmm. take us some time to um, to share and then also to expand a, into sort of our current time ways yes. of using her work. And yes, yeah, I look forward to that with you. Same here. Same here. Okay. okay. All right, Sharon. We'll see you next time. Next time. Bye bye.